Jimmy Wood, and that's what's the best thing. I love Jimmy Wood. He's he's a suspension guy now, and everybody's like, oh, that's Jimmy Wood. That's Jimmy Wood. I remember when that guy was a booger-eating moron hanging out in my garage. And <laughs> <laughs> he came up one day, and he goes, uh, hey, man, Travis, you wouldn't have to have a 700-pound spring. Yeah, on the front of the truck. After this show was recorded, we heard horrible news that Travis Smith's son, Jordan, passed away in a car accident. We'd like to take this time to dedicate this show to Jordan, and our thoughts and prayers are with Travis. Godspeed, Jordan. Episode 49, Tank Slapping Pod. Got my guy on the other line, Robbie McClendon. What is up, bro? Man, just hanging out here with my cat and waiting to do this interview. A uh, good, good friend of both of ours, and pretty excited to see what he has to say because i don't think this is a, a guest that anybody would really expect but then when they hear him they're gonna be like oh man that guy <laughs> yeah and you're talking about big trav travis smith man we've had a lot of people saying hey get travis on get travis smith on he'd be epic he'd be so funny um <laughs> we're bringing it to you uh, i w- told you i want to bump kush a little bit more on on these new episodes get a little loose Travis said we'll probably wear out the mute button on all the curse words, but we like to send it. And uh, yeah, Travis Smith on this this episode, former factory Suzuki mechanic. He's worked with Joe Cobb, Kenny Coolbeth, Chris Carr, the Eslix, Bonzi. He's 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 legendary, Rob. He's he's done a lot. Oh, I know. We could probably do a segment just on Travis and Eslick alone, but I don't know if we'll have enough time, but I'm so excited to hear what he has to say about all these dudes. Yeah, we got a lot of, I called up Jason Tyre. I called, oh, I talked to Jason Tyre online. I, I hit up Chris Boone. I got quite a few stories we want to ask Travis about, but he's, um, if there's ever a red flag in an AFT race and you, you're watching on Fan Choice or whatever, whatever the hell it is now, NBC Sports Gold, Yellow, Green App, um, whatever. Uh, Travis is the first guy, the big dude, picking up the motorcycle, changing front wheels, helping out everybody he can. Travis is that guy, and just really, really fun guy to hang out with after the races. If you're in a bar fight, number one guy you want on your side. Um, <laughs> but he's a really good guy, and he's really, really knowledgeable. He's, he's done a lot of really cool things. So, um, so yeah, we're we're excited to talk to Travis. Anything else, Rob? Uh, definitely want to well let's first and foremost let's shout out the sponsors and make it happen week in and week out bell power sports check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products i wear the race star flex dlx love the helmet the quality and safety is unmatched if you start tank slapping you want to be protected by bell also want to give a shout out to jne pistons jne pistons is the pistons that i use in my race bikes phenomenal product i think the championships and records Speak for themselves, but check them out on social media at JE Pistons. Also, Moto America Series. Check them out on MotoAmerica.com. The complete 2021 schedule is posted up. Make sure you grab your tickets. Nine rounds of the best racing on two wheels featuring 190-mile-an-hour Honus Superbikes. I'm pumped up on the King of the Baggers, man. That's going to air live on Fox Sports. I Talking to Wayne Rainey, trying to get me a bagger signed up for the for the bagger class, I think that'd be amazing to just go out there and do. Rob, I could see you doing the bagger, the bagger Dude, class. What, what man, I tried so hard. I, I promise you. When I say I tried, like, you know how I feel. Like, I'll get passionate about stuff. And I was like, 
Terry Vance, Craig, come on, guys, put me on the bagger. And then they chose Hayden Gillum, which obviously is a much better choice. Let's just be real. But uh, I can't say that I wouldn't enjoy flogging one. I just feel like uh, maybe my mechanical grip that I'm carrying around with me would, would help. But, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about the bagger class, man. Who, who wouldn't be? But um, I just hope it doesn't turn into, you know, like – I don't know, like a factory effort class. I know the Indian put up stuff, Vance Lines was out there, but really I almost would rather see it showcase like the small shops and the builders, not just, hey, you know, Vance yeah. and Hines, no offense to them. I love them guys, but, you know, it's not how much you can spend, but like let's be creative, not just throw dollars at it, but who, who cares? It's just going to be fun entertainment yeah, anyway. Yeah, let, let's make them cool looking because there was some pretty freaking cool looking baggers there last year. So, um, I was looking up bagger results more than I was a super bike class when they had it. So a lot of cool things. Moto America is doing the first event is April 30th to May 2nd, and it is at road Atlanta. So check them out. MotoAmerica.com. Like I said, they do a lot of cool things on social media. And I also want to give a shout out to our boy, Jerry Stinchfield roof systems of Dallas, Texas commercial industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience Jerry knows roofs, man. That guy has done a lot of those in his life, and he he does it really well. Commercialroofsystems.net. Um, yeah, what can we chat about, Rob, before we bring on Travis? I know uh, there's some contingencies stuff released. Uh, a couple riders announced some things. What do you? What's on your mind in the past week? Man, I got I got two things for sure. I want to talk about. First of all, you just mentioned Jerry. You're just neither. You golf clap for him. I saw where Bronson got a program going together and, and Jerry, you know, I don't know what extent, but you know, when somebody needs something, it seems like, you know, Jerry's one of the first guys to step up. So I think, I think it's pretty cool. Plus last week we were talking about uh, who's riding what and Bronson wasn't really on the list yet, but now it's official. And so is Davis Fisher. So that's pretty cool. Those two guys who clearly deserve rides are, are back in super twins officially. And then uh, there's one. Other, oh my gosh. Instagram story. Chad Coast, the for sale post. Are we going to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, I want to touch upon Jerry sponsoring Bronson. I also saw that Jerry's helping out Davis as well. So um, we say it a lot on this show, but without people like Jerry Stinchfield, I mean, I think he helps probably 10 of the riders that, uh, that compete in the class. So Jerry definitely keeps the sport going. Uh, appreciate him for sure. And, yeah, it's cool to see Davis – and Bronson being able to put together kind of privateer efforts to race in that super twins class. It's, it's getting tougher for guys to race that class on a privateer dollar and for them to line up and chase the dreams at the premier level racing the Indian. It's uh it's pretty cool. And yeah, chatty, man, that's uh kind of crazy, man. And just uh, you know, the news, the Harley contingency, it, it's dropped quite a bit. It was, I think 7,500 to win last year in production twins and I expected it to go a little bit lower just because I'm a business savvy guy. And I just kind of look at all that different aspects and Harley stopped making the XG for, for showroom sales and things like that. And I figured it'd be lower, but it dropped all the way down to a thousand dollars to win, um, which is a big, big drop off. And for guys that spent the money on those Harleys, 35 to 40 grand, depending on what extras you get, it's definitely tough now to, to run that program. So I guess Chatty's going to maybe look at doing a different brand or possibly get back. And he's a really good singles rider, maybe ride the singles, Rob. I, I saw that, though. That's that's big news, man. There's yeah. there's an XG for sale, Chad Coase. Yeah. He's got one. I mean, let's look, let's look a little bit further because I know we like to – we're going to be a little edgy here, but uh, 
do we need to set up a boxing match with Chad and James Raspoli? Because, I mean, could we just single-handedly blame James for that? I mean, he might have cleaned out Harley's bank account last year, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to know. I kind of wanted to sit down at the end of the year and be like, oh, I was just curious. Like, oh, what did James make to kick my ass all year? And uh, it, it's 7,500 <laughs> to win. It. What do you win? Don't yeah, do he won quite a few races. Yeah, yeah, I'm pissed well, off you at could him even throw. I mean, yeah, maybe he just broke the bank on everybody, and then he snagged the Harley support for this year. So, uh, Rocket Raspoli doing some damage, but yeah, no, that's interesting. I, uh, I was surprised it went that low, man. I, I get it, but I mean, now Harley went from significantly as the best contingency to not even as good a contingency as, you know, Kawasaki and Yamaha. So it dropped off quite a bit. So what is Kawasaki and Yamaha? I'm discussing that. Do you know off the top yeah, of your head? I just looked at it, actually. I looked at it here today. I actually sent it to uh, a couple guys. They were curious. Um, Harley is 1,500 and 325, top three. Uh, Cali's 1,500 to win. KTM's two grand, but who the hell knows how many of those we'll have. Probably none. And then Yamaha actually is the best. It's 2,500 to win, 1,500 for second, and 1,000 for third. Um, so, yeah, yeah so it's... I, I mean, none of those amounts are crazy. Uh, I mean, and, and aside from that, you have to... I mean, you have to win to get those amounts we mentioned. I think for Harley, third is 325 bucks. Like, to podium a race on a $38,000 Harley XG, you make $325. So, oh man, it's the sport's getting expensive. There's a lot of stuff that we have to jump through to race anymore. Um, the bikes and just tire bills and, you know, everything else. And as you can see on, you know, what we just mentioned, they're looking it up online, the payouts, they're not getting better. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough, but Riders got to do a better job. Got to market themselves. But at the end of the day, it'd be nice if we all had uh, got paid more. Rob. Well, <laughs> look at it this way, though. And I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'm glad I'm here with you on the show because you really do get it. And then we'll touch on the marketing thing. But let's just use a different scenario, real quick. So let's be honest. We'll just use NASCAR example because I know all of our guys on <laughs> FlatTrack.com and all the other ones that are instant flat track geniuses you know, say, oh, NASCAR, this, NASCAR, that. But Toyota does not pay Kyle Busch if he wins a race in a Toyota. You know, it's a whole different scheme. Like they, like you said, they market themselves. So who's to say Corey Texas doesn't show up at the first round with M&M's as his primary title sponsor? So you, don't, you shouldn't have to really look at Yamaha. I mean, it's, it's kind of a bonus in my mind. And, yeah, I wish it was a million to win, but – realistically as you always say you got to market yourselves and you i'll give jared me's props even though i hate to do that but you look at all these guys with their multiple sponsors and then you see other guys that don't even try to get anybody really and i know you know anybody can get 500 bucks here and there from from local companies i don't care what you say oh they won't sponsor me i could go down tomorrow and say look i'm gonna start racing and get probably two grand from different local places, but at what point does it become the rider's responsibility to, to get themselves um, financed, so to speak. So they don't have to rely on contingency, right? Or, or am I off base on that? No, 
I agree. I, I think, well, for me, the contingency is it's, um, I mean, it's, it's not a charity based thing for these manufacturers. It's a business decision and they, they do it to make money. You know, they, the, the manufacturers try to make it seem like it's a goodwill thing and, oh, we're offering this. But at the end of the day, like they're trying to, there's, there's a, I could go on forever about contingency, but there's a plan behind it. But what it's interesting, what you say is I kind of tell the riders I'm helping and I coach, you know, it's, I, I use the AFT purse. It's like, oh, the AFT purse is awful, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, MotoGP doesn't even give the riders purse money. Um, exactly. Don't exactly. rely on the AFT purse money to get paid. That is just bonus gas money, et cetera. Um, work with your sponsors, uh, contingencies, bonus plans, you know, go to, go to Alpine stars or go to, you know, uh, Fox racing or whoever the hell sponsoring you Bob's pizza down the street and tell them, Hey, if I get on the podium, you know, it's on NBC sports. If I wear a Bob's pizza hat, will you throw me $500 every time I win? Um, companies are way more open to doing performance and based incentives than they are for, um, you know, just throwing you a chunk of money. So yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's interesting that, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we could, we could have a whole show on that, Rob. We could maybe, definitely dig into that pretty good. Maybe we should dedicate a show to like the little guys, but think of it this way too. And I tell, and I know you're so good working with your, your amateur guys and even pros that you help out, but I feel like I, I have a similar theory as you too, but so many people try so hard to get one, say $10,000 sponsor, but they don't realize that it's so easy to get $2,500 sponsors. And yeah, use you're right. that i mean and you might we might disagree i'm sure we disagree on a lot but still though they try and get that it's like you're not going to get that ten thousand dollar sponsor by saying hey i'll give you a shout out on my social media like nobody that that's important but it's not even remotely as important as so many other things out there and like like you said we could we could have a whole show devoted to this and maybe maybe you should because you're amazing at that but um, you know, I know we don't have enough time because me and you will sit here and argue all night long and, and, and agree and debate, but nobody wants to hear us. Yeah, everybody's probably sit, sitting there, man, like getting super interested in it, and we're just going to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it another time. Here's how you can make $10,000 racing. Follow us next time. It's like the end of like your favorite TV, TV show. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, our first guest is actually on the line. Well, our only guest tonight is uh, is Travis Smith, man. I'm super excited to have have you on. What's going on, brother? How you been? Oh, living a dream. Down here freezing my ass off. Dream. Oh yeah. Yeah, I heard it's like snowing and shit down there. That's crazy. That's it's not common, right? It's typically decent weather. Yeah, yeah. We're I'm doing like every other Texas going right now, trying to thaw my pipes out. <laughs> Yeah, we're not, used to, we're not we're not in the cold weather. So, yeah, it's not good. So, yeah, what are y'all up to? Shitty man. Uh, not much, man. We're just I'm in Florida getting ready for the year. I got Rob McClendon on the other line. He's gonna help me co-host, and we got a, dude. We got a lot of stuff for you. Not a lot, but some good shit. I was t- telling the listeners before you came on. I I hit up Jason Tire and I hit up Chris Boone. And I got quite a bit of, of uh, some good info, man, for you. So that's two good ones right there. <laughs> well, let's get right into it, and then we'll talk. I want to get obviously. There's so many stories, funny times, and shit like that. But basically, I because I don't even know the answer to this one. Like, what got you started in the whole flat track stuff? Um, 
what was your intro to the sport and what kind of dug you into it? Uh, I always liked, uh, we went to, uh, we had race cars, late models and stuff when I was a kid. And, uh, we went to Santa Fe one time to, uh, run a back before the internet and everything, you know, they just, they didn't, we didn't know they canceled the race and there's a car motorcycle race instead. So we went up there and, and, uh, it was a, my dad hated, my parents hated motorcycles and I got to see them. They, and we got to see the bikes on Santa Fe and it was like, it's badass. I like it. And, uh, then I just started kind of falling around. Next thing you know, my neighbors, they were all racing motorcycles, Stevie Hall and all of them and started going to the races and hell, there it was. Car races were fun, but it was like motorcycle race. I liked it because you could just have a van. You'd have to drag that big-ass trailer around way better. So, yeah, we started going to the race with Stevie and Mike Buckles and them guys. And, hell, we started hanging out. I told him one day we came back from uh, come back from LaSalle. We ran LaSalle, and we stopped at Peoria TT. And I was like, dude, I'm going to do this one of these. I'm going to go hang out with these guys. Bullshit. About three years later, I was working for Kenny. So, yeah worked out pretty good so um, travis is daddy Rob talking now a question for what are you doing man what's that serious serious question too i need to know oh yeah with everybody everybody other than jason tire who's somebody who's somebody you're like nope i'm never working with him again i gotta know there's gotta be at least one rider because as a mechanic and crew member crew chief whatever you want to call them you know that there's a rider or two that are just you know, no. And on this show here, you know, we're leaving it all on the track. So, you know, no hard feelings. So I need to know. I don't know. I think I like pretty much uh, everyone. I've had corks or whatever, some weirdos and, and fun ones. And I don't know. I'm good with everything. I'm, I'm here to laugh. That was my deal. We just worked. Well, Everybody tried to haul ass. Well, we don't hear about riders on corks too. So, who, who had a certain cork that was just oddball? Joe Cop. No way. We just had him on. What was his? What was his cork? So we can we can use that against him. <laughs> Joe was just like man. He was so weird. Like when he got it to, uh, he was super fast. But like if you're watching when he got to the starting line, man, he's like readjusting the gas cap, trying to redo the clutch i mean he's so nervous he got like a nervous habit of just like wanting to touch everything and it was just funny he was just he was so weird about things he you know we changed gas tanks one time because he had a sticker that said micah peak on it so we swapped gas tanks for the main event so we could have that micah peak sticker on that bike so it's like <laughs> okay you know if joe was feeling i have good, noticed that actually with joe yeah he's yeah yeah, I noticed he, he does things on the starting line that I'm like, I wonder what he's doing. Um, <laughs> but then, like, I'd, I'd, I'd start thinking about it too much, and I'm like, maybe he's doing something I should be doing. I, I don't know what he's doing, though. Like, it, yeah. he's kind of like a thinker. Yeah. That's... Well, remember, like he even admitted to us. <laughs> well, he admitted to us on the last show that uh, I think, wasn't it Kenny Tolbert that got on to him? Because Kenny said, don't touch my bike. You just ride it or something like that. Oh, yeah. I was working out there at Kenny's at night, and Kenny said, man, we got down there in Florida, and he started grabbing a wrench, started working on the throttle, and Kenny said, hey, dude, he said, you work on that helmet bag over there. You leave the motorcycle alone. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was, was going to ask, who, who is 
<laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's right up my alley, Rob. Just I'll, I'll deal with the helmet bag, man. That's perfect for me. Uh, I was gonna ask who is like the easiest guy you've you've worked with, like when it came to setting up the bike. Like who never really came in and said, "Hey, you know, we don't need to do anything." Who just rode the bike every race, no matter what? I mean, I know you worked with like Schnabel, um, Jake Johnson, Kevin Barnes, Yeslix. Who is the most easygoing guy you've had? Cool, man. Cool yeah. Okay. When we did the Jones Sports thing, we were trying to jump back and forth. It was supposed to be Joe, and then Kenny quit working for Dave Burks and came over and rode for us. So we went from having me and Joe went from having three bikes to having uh, a bike and a half. And <laughs> we end up kind of splitting that deal up there. And then Ed Thomas came and helped me with it. But cool to just be like, man, just give me a tire that's good. I'll, I'm good. Yeah, yeah I'll ride it. <laughs> Right on. So, See, I wouldn't have expected yeah. that out of out of Coolbeth. Neat man. It, when the well, that's younger right, Coolbeth. Yeah, like we went to Vernon, uh, New York, and uh, he came up and he said, uh, "Hey, man, I, I, I think I'm. I think this bike broke." I said, "What's wrong?" He goes, "You hear that noise?" So he brings it in after practice. And he revs it up. I go, "You know what that is?" He goes, "What's that? That's, that's the sound of the motor running. <laughs> they clatter, they clink, they bang, they get it on." And he ended up winning that night. He was like, he come back in. He goes, I swore it was going to blow up. Well, it didn't. You won. Open. So <laughs> that's an echo yeah. for you, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. I said, wait, it'll make more noise here in a minute. Rev it up a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait for the rocket yeah. to fall off of it. So. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, Everybody's got an echo for you. Kenny. I remember working with Kenny sitting in the pits right before the main event. We were standing there sticking around. And all of a sudden, you see a. A nut fell off. I'm, what the hell? I reached down. There was a whole rocker shaft fell off. Just fell off. Like so head to nut, but into the rocker shaft, it just broke off, fell off. Like, well, yeah, that's nice. So, yeah, too much fun. Yeah, I was, I was gonna. I had a question for you. I, it, it made me think, and I, I saw some pictures of you, you and Bonzi working together, and I was thinking of uh, Daytona TT when his whole fucking rear what was it, the rear swing arm broke or something oh yeah higher, or no it, those swing arms snapped in yeah. half yeah we bought that bike from jared in the <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah first yeah first old, race old meat, meat sales job first race on it dude <laughs> take it out there and it's like it's now i was like when i seen it happen i went oh my god the axle fell out or something no no there's the axle through no it just snapped the weld right in half huh well, we yeah, but let's be fair that we all know that Jared Meese covered that under warranty, right? Yeah, that's what he come walking over there, and I go, "Hey, Dick," he's like, "Hey, man, <laughs> there ain't no warranty on this. You just been raced." So. <laughs> but it didn't yeah. finish a race. <laughs> no, it didn't. It that snapped that some club in half. So, yeah, that was crazy. What's the what's the craziest thing you've actually had to fix on race day? Um. I mean, obviously that that wasn't fixable, but I'm sure there's been some stuff. I mean, you're always the first guy to the red flags, man. Like you're always, you know, fixing bent handlebars and trying to straighten up forks, whatever, just everything. What's, what's maybe the, maybe you didn't fix it. (laughs) What was one of the craziest kind of red flag stories that you just like went through? Um, we were at Peoria and, uh, Joe Cop tore the whole brake assembly off the back of his uh, Rotax. And we're sitting there, and I'm working for Chris. And uh, 
we're sitting there and I'm watching these guys fumble around. I was like, Chris is looking at me. We're laughing. Chris goes, you think you can fix it? And there was only a couple minutes. I was, yeah, I can do that. He goes, well, see if you can fix it. So I ran over there and <laughs> I grabbed it and ripped the rear wheel off, took the brakes off. And then I jumped over into their pit area and tore their other spare bike in a million pieces, pulled the brakes off of that, stuck it back on Joe's bike and got it ready for the restart. And it was like, I come back and Chris goes, you didn't have to work so hard. Wow, we'll see if I can get it done. Oh, well, we made we made the restart. That's crazy. So yeah, well, that's what makes you special. I tore their, I tore their pits in a million pieces. I was slinging bolts and shit. So yeah, that was pretty funny. But you know, you know, Travis, that's what makes you pretty unique, though, because like Corey said in the intro, if if you're at the track and somebody needs something, especially under a red flag, which is the most pressure and time consuming or time constraints. You can find Travis Smith. Like, it don't matter if somebody needs to be push started. And dude, I don't understand how the fuck do you run so fast? You push start. Like, them them freaking ham hocks start moving. And I know you can push start easily, but damn it, man, you get up to about thirty five miles an hour before you let it loose. <laughs> Fat guy has to fly. I don't know. That's uh, I don't know. That's uh, I was always pissed me off. I go, why do you always got to start everybody's stuff? I said, because my shit's overheating over there, man. Goddamn, get this shit right. rolling. So, yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, I always got stuck starting them things. We was, so, when we got to the 450s, I used to start them with my hand. Like when I had little Nick, when I was helping little Nick, he was so short, I'd he'd be sitting on the seat, I'd be holding the bike with one hand, I'd start it with my other hand, and people used to flip out. They're like, you can't do that. Bullshit. We bet these guys in Vegas like, at the Super Presigio that I could start their bike with my hand. Doug yeah. and Pat was taking all their money. So, so, Corey, got a quick one since you mentioned him and you got some 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 insight from him. Let's let's go back to one of. Well, I don't even know if Corey was around this time, Travis. But give me a uh, just because we all love him. Give me us a presidential story, like your favorite president story. Because God, I miss that man. And I know you were always. I said, hell, I think you live in the house right now, don't you? Yeah, I'm actually sitting in the same spot. He would always be sitting, sitting there in the living Eating room. Eating a ham sandwich? Or drinking a uh, ham sandwich, rather? No, nah, I got a little bit of clear shine in the kitchen. I ain't, I ain't drinking a ham sandwich yet. But, uh, no, nah, well, I love that, dude. We had so much fun. Uh, like I said, I met him in the car wash down in Daytona. And uh, <laughs> they, they, were, uh, they were washing their motorcycle, and they came over to see if we had some change or something. And there was... Uh, me and my buddy Crozier and Buckles, and we were standing there washing each other with the hose. And they go, what the hell are you doing? I said, taking a shower in the car wash. What the hell do you think we're doing? Like, dude, you guys <laughs> sleeping in the truck. We got to go. So, yeah. But the press, best president story was him and Jason's the same way. Jason's still that way. We were getting ready to go to Daytona, and uh, we had two road tax and a 250. And we're getting ready to head to Daytona. And I'm like, are we going to start these things? And president go, oh, I got this motor from such and such. I got this motor from such and such. Are we going to start them? Oh, no. Night before we're getting ready to leave, Jason's putting the last, you know, finishing touches on the Texas flag and the checkered flag shit gas tank. So we stay up all night, take off, head to the race. We still haven't started the three motorcycles. We get to Savannah. I was like, you ready to start it? No, no, hold on. I'm sitting in a chair holding the gas tank while Jason wet stands and buffs them. Then we put them on. We made six laps out of three motorcycles and blew everything we had up. 
But <laughs> right on. President built a 250, and he didn't like the. He goes, man, it looks stupid with a radiator in front. So he put the radiator under the seat. <laughs> Wonder why she blew up, President. That's a shocker. Oh, man. That's that's that, I, uh, I do remember i mean i remember i i didn't get to spend a lot of time with him we're talking about jason tyre's father by the way everybody just for listening but yeah they they call him the prez and i i didn't get to actually i don't know if i ever i mean i was young but I, maybe i maybe i talked to them but i i know he's a great guy and he phenomenal he what he did he was the, like the paint he painted really he, like all he, the bikes and everything yeah right? custom painting auto body teacher at uh, irving high school so okay. yeah, he would have all the students. Yeah, like, beautiful bikes. Chris Carr's motorcycles, all his all his stuff was always painted by the students at the high school. So all the time he rode for Factory Harley, all that stuff was painted by some sixteen year old kid up in <laughs> high school. <laughs> Man, we uh we took a trip to the Cow Palace with the president and his box fan. And uh, the first time, I mean, I met him many times, but gosh dang. So I started out in Florida, drove to Texas to meet up with them guys. And, you know, of course, we were like three years behind schedule leaving. And then we're driving along, and uh, it's the first time I ever heard about a ham sandwich. Then I uh, then I got to meet a fellow named Beer Elbow Bob or something like that. Yeah. Beer Elbow yeah. Bob turns us around backwards because we had to go back and fix him because it was his old dinosaur Aprilia street bike melted the caliper to the wheels. They were already behind schedule. We're sitting there. There is no bathroom stops either. You just straight up piss down the floor and and God forbid if you need anything else, because you know, press is on president's schedule, but man, you got there. And if that man, if you need anything from him, you know, he he was there first one to help you, but boy, I've never been cussed out by one person more in my life than the president. Oh, yeah. He cussed me every day. He hated me because we were so opposite. He wouldn't want to wash everything. Jason's the same way. He'll come and go, hey, man, come help me with this car. And uh, if I got to go down, if I have to go to his house to work on something, I'd make sure I pull. He's got ultimate set of tools, this big toolbox. Of sh- you know, he takes a thousand pictures every day of his, of his shit. Oh, yeah. I scatter, yep. <laughs> I scatter as many tools as I could possibly get out on the benches. I make as big like if I pull the drain plug, I guarantee I'm missing the drain pan, and uh, I make the biggest huge mess I can make just to piss him off. <laughs> so, that do you remember the, uh, the name of? Piss him off. What's that? I said, do you remember the name of the president's boat? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I don't know. Well, I called it the uh, the money the money pit. We no, run it. Was... It was what? It was the white trash. <laughs> oh, that was the second boat. That wasn't actually the drag boat. Yeah, that was the second. That was actually the regular boat boat. Yeah, white. Yeah, trash. that's the only one I ever had to see. Oh, you didn't get to see the drag boat. We had no. the, we had the drag boat. We would take it out on Sundays, and we'd blow it up usually at Lake Dallas on Sundays, and then we'd sit around. None of us had jobs. We had this big blown jet boat out here, and we'd sit there. About Wednesday, we'd pull the motor out of it figure out what was wrong with it, somehow come up with enough money to fix it and go run the shit out of it again till we blew it up again and we do the same thing over again. None of us had jobs. <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> Just go race motorcycles. Hey, Bubba, I went through 13 jobs in one year because of president. I'd get a job, I he'd believe- pull up there with, the, he'd have the boat, case of beer. Come on, Bubba, hell with this. Let's go, get, go to the lake. I quit and go get another man, go to the lake. So 
I had some good jobs over the job. years. Yeah. <laughs> I I just started yeah, a job and he went going to Springfield and he said, Come on, Bubba, hell with that job. And I was like, Man, it's a good job, man. It pays good and everything. Nah, but you missed going to Springfield. All right. I walked in quick, grabbed my toolbox, we left. <laughs> Easily persuaded. Um <laughs> Well, talking about jobs, uh, you know, as a mechanic, you know, I, I don't know, man. I think this might be, this might be my first, I, I might piss somebody off if I already had, I mean, this might be my first mechanic I've had on the show. Um, and I, I'm kind of curious, man, for you, what is like the absolute worst thing you hate doing as a, as a mechanic? Maybe it's race day shit, changing a tire, splitting cases, cam timing. What's one thing that you're just like fuck this this sucks like what is that job washing them washing mm, bingo it. Shit, man. nailed it. it yeah i'd rather work on cam time i'd rather work on the engine do all that shit if you got to wash it and then you got to take all the shit off and blow all that shit off clean all that crap up i mm-mm, hate it that's uh i like uh i don't know i just that's not like jason man it would take forever to get all that stuff clean Hell, he ruined more XR motors with a, with a pressure washer than he did racing them. So <laughs> I believe that too. Then he'd lay it on its side, blowing on the bottom and stuff. I'm like, hey man, this thing don't really have gaskets. It's kind of like a metal fit, you know. <laughs> just pressure right into that oil pump. Just just oh, pressure yeah, washing yeah. the insides. <laughs> oh yeah, Uncle Kent, Kenny hated it, man. He was like, he'd be so mad. President, you get close to my motor, I got pressure off, kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty'd like hit it with a light garden. Don't uh, you just barely wash it. Just 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 blow it off. Don't wash it. I don't want enough no water on it. So that's the mechanic you gotta get on. That dude's yeah, you talk about a good time. That's a good time right there. With that, Tolbert? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He he freaking roasted my ass one good time at a place. Uh, probably know. I think it's called Monster or something like that. Up in maybe oh, Oklahoma yeah. or yeah, Monster. Yeah, River. we were. Yeah, yeah, we were out there. First time I ever hung out with them crazy fuckers, and uh, um, you know, of course, the president's there, and we're all camped out. And uh, I don't know anybody but Jason and the Prez, but I'm staying at some weird dude's camper, like uncomfortable as shit. And uh, next day we get up <laughs> and we find this lake lake bed thing. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I got my 450, and everybody sandbar. else on like 252 strokes. Yeah, the sandbar, that's yep. it. And, man, yep. when I say we had a straight-up mile-and-a-half dirt track set up, we did. And I'm feeling really, really confident. And this is right about the time when they were with KTM, and Tolbert freaking murders my ass with a – with a like a like it must have been some kind of big-bore KTM because he passed my Honda like I was pulling a trailer. And I had – it was a 505 <laughs> Honda. And I'm like, god dang, Kenny come back in i'm just it's freezing cold too and he's just laughing his ass off i think he did it on purpose but uh yeah that was oh yeah yeah kenny's over go on the bike yeah i didn't know yeah. he was that fast either i was like man i got this guy covered and man he freaking smoked my ass <laughs> really oh yeah i didn't know that either Kenny's you didn't know fast. he was fast he... nah yeah, oh, he, yeah no clue. he could freaking ride oh i mean he put yeah. it make it he put it in actually any short track easy Oh yeah, yeah, I believe it. I don't know how many laps he could do. Five laps into his tongue stuck in his spokes. <clears throat> yeah, so. that's amazing. Speaking of racing, man. Speaking of uh, of that, dude. I heard you raced a banshee back in the day. Oh <laughs> lord. Yeah. 
That what was, was that? I heard it was tricked out. Too. Oh yeah, it had all it was all TZ stuff. My buddy Booney Knott uh, used to live up the street from my mom and dad. He was a big uh, road racer, TZ guy. We had TZ dry clutch and TZ ignition. We chopped all the suspension off of it, slammed it on the ground. It was it was badass. We just we used to carry it to the races. We put in a three bikes in the back of the van, just a regular length Ford van. We didn't have enough room for it, so we put it on the roof. We strapped it to the roof and away we go. You got so, a picture of that? Now some dude in uh now some dude in Philly is doing wheelies on it as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that thing was uh that was a trip. That was my idea. I thought, well, we were racing cars at the time. I was like, ah, I'll go buy one of these things just like a car. That somebody tried to kill me every time I rode it. So So Travis. Yeah. Yo, what what is in the works for Travis for twenty one? I know I've seen multiple i know you got your hands in just about every kind of racing but are we going to see you at the aft rounds are you going to be mini sprinting what are we doing um i don't know i actually was talking to willie mccoy about building him a um uh an outlaw um outlaw cart little one of the 500 outlaw carts and uh maybe willie or somebody go dick around a little bit so i don't know what i'm gonna do you did a you did a couple AFT rounds last year, not many. I think I saw you at uh, was it Devil's Bowl and is that it? Maybe which one? No, I did the last, did the last four, I think. So okay, yeah, I'm a flight risk, so you never know where I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect description. Yeah, that's exactly it. If I got if I got the big duffel bag, you know, like when I. Went to work for Joe Cobb. I was actually working for Chris. We went to Harrington, Delaware. Race is over. We packed the truck up. And they said, what are you doing? I said, I think I'm going to go work for that other guy. What? Yeah, I think I'm going to go work for Joe Cobb. You serious? Yeah. <laughs> Grabbed my duffel bag, got in with Joe. Next, I guess I moved to Missouri. So. Well, then you guys won quite a few. Then you, you were, that was like the Corbin days, right? You guys were. But we were Real the yeah we were right at the end we we were the end of the Corbin into the uh, the Jones Power Sports through all that and the, started that KTM deal but yeah oh yeah 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 we, uh, I don't remember I forgot about that yeah Travis wasn't it you guys that had the uh, I want to say it was like in the very early maybe not early computer days but obviously now with everything so technological but didn't you guys have like a webcam in your race shop like we could tune in and watch yeah, what you guys were doing yeah yeah at the Suzuki shop we did. Yeah, yeah, you that thing got us more you, trouble than good. It was about cool to, can you imagine, like, well, could you imagine Tolbert having some stuff and like Jared Meese found out people are watching what they're doing to his bikes? <laughs> no, you might love to see how Jared you, take, you can't even take a camera into Kenny's shop. <laughs> you kidding? If you take a picture of something, you have to drop your iPhone in a basket. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> a bucket of water. You mean? We got in trouble. We got in trouble that time when we when we drank when we drank Jared's trophy when they won when he he got second at uh, uh, Calistoga, and he had a bottle of wine. And uh, Kenny was he was at my house for some reason, and he was backed in the driveway. And we're sitting there. It's like four in the morning. We ran out of beer. We ran out of Crown actually, and uh, we found a bottle, and it was a, had his name all engraved on it and everything. And Kenny goes, you ain't got a hair on your ass. You don't open that bottle. And he had a cheap-ass corkscrew. I tried to open it broke the corkscrew off in it. So 
we, I said, man, I'm like, uh, what's the name for fast times at Ridgemont High? I said, dude, I got an ultimate set of tools. Let's go in the garage. Went in there and got me a nut driver and a hammer. And, and Kenny filmed it. And somehow it ended up on the internet the next morning. Oh, shit, we got in trouble for that. <laughs> I think the people from the winery called. It was people were cussing. I was like, we went to bed at like oh, 5 shit. in the morning. By 8 in the morning, people were already calling. I looked out, Kenny sitting out on the step of his motorhome out in the driveway and went, I go, bad? Yeah, oh, yeah, real bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Talk a bit about the uh, Suzuki days, man. That was really cool for the sport. Just like a really solid factory effort that wasn't Harley. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a really cool thing. I, I don't know the years. I'm trying to think when, when that all was like, Oh, three to, I don't even know, but what were the years that you helped with that? And how was that whole experience? I came on in, uh, in Oh four through like 2010. Um, it was a blast. You talk about, we had more fun than law allowed. I mean, we tore more shit up. We broke shit. Didn't know what the hell we were doing. We blew shit up every day. Like, let's try this. Oh shit. That didn't work. Um, we had track control. I, I about killed Kevin Barnett at Savannah, Georgia test. I was like, here, let's turn this on. Check it out. Oh no, he can't turn. Look at that. <clears throat> Shot him off the end of the racetrack. Um, yeah, it was cool. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we had, I think we had more fun at the shop than, uh, we had mini bike races. We, and then it was crazy. Like Mick Kirkness called me up one night. He called the shop. He got it off the website. He called the shop and he was trying to put some stupid thing. Hi, my name is Michael Kirkness. I answered the phone. Oh, uh, 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 hello. I was like, what's up, man? He's like, hi, my name is Michael Kirkness. I'd like to come to Illinois or come to America and ride. I said, well, come on. Well, can I come? Yeah, come on. There's gotta be some shit out back. You can ride. Come on. <laughs> you know he showed up we had mikey russ jimmy wood uh wait, wait 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 hold on a second travis are you telling us that that is the first incarnation of of mick kirkness in the usa was a phone call to you and the next thing you know like because he's a pretty big deal like he was probably one of the best overseas guys since max whale right like australian dudes oh yeah yeah he called me one night about two in the morning and I uh, was going to leave some stupid message on the answer machine. I answered the phone and uh, he said, uh, I said, yeah, I got a, you know, can I, can I ride a bike? Said, yeah, there's a couple of bikes in the back. You can ride something. Come on. And uh, hell, I, you know, he's in Australia. Next thing you know, Dave calls me. We were coming back from a race. He said, hey, some guy from Australia called. He's in St. Louis. Shit. I said, go pick him up. <laughs> so yeah. Nick and his dad flew <laughs> over and uh, they Introduce themselves. I thought, hell, there's a couple bikes. Hell, grab you something. Let's go. And that's how it all started. So I'll be damned. Yeah. One yeah, phone call. That's, that's crazy. Like I never, I never ever knew that. I mean, I, I didn't know Kirkness that well, other than like, damn, this freaking dude from not in America is really fast in American sport. And 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 all it was was a phone call at two in the morning to Travis Smith. Yeah. Hell, Jim Wood showed up. He was came, he came there to hang out for a little bit, and his uh, Honda blew up. And I said, well, man, you need to get a Suzuki. He goes, ah. So I called uh, Jaeger Cycle. Over there, got Rick Jaeger on the phone. And I said, Rick, can you give this guy a motorcycle? He goes, yeah, send him on over. Jimmy went over, caught, picked the bike up, came back, and lived with me for almost three years. So Now, is he back in Australia now? Mick, yeah. 
He, yeah, he's got a little kid. He, his little boy's badass. He's gonna be a hell of a rider. So, but yeah, we had there for a while. It was uh, when Jake could show up and Kevin and Mick and Jimmy and Mikey and Bonzi and yeah, pretty much. He talked about tearing some mini bikes up. Whew. <laughs> I was gonna say that's a pretty solid crew. Uh, that's that's like a solid like that's like get yourself hurt kind of crew. Like yeah. you're walking away with like a like a sprained ankle or like a broken wrist or something. Well, yeah, and then that's, you uh, then you throw the Essex in there, AJ and Danny, and they were always hanging out. And then like Kevin Boone. and Kevin and Jake, man, when they'd always want to do something crazy. Next thing you know, we figured out sparkler bombs. And these guys have an assembly line building sparkler bombs. Fucking <laughs> gonna kill us all. So speaking of um Suzuki's, man, I, I heard I, I never knew this story either, but you were doing some dyno work for Dick Weirbach and he, you you crashed the SV six fifty on the dyno? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I never I knew to... anybody that has crashed a, a bike on the dyno. I've always been nervous as hell, like doing it. Yeah. And yeah, what's that? I got to know about it. <laughs> well, I, the, uh, I had my dyno set, I had it set up to, I could run in the car, my little micros at the time. And so the, the wheel chalk that went in there, you know, most people, you know, had like six bolts that held it down. Well, I was in kind of a hurry that morning, so I threw it back up on there. And when Dino Dick's bike, I threw just two bolts in it. And uh, <laughs> that thing was in high gear, wide open, full song. And that thing shifted enough forward. It grabbed onto the onto the plate of the dyno and shot up in the air and flipped over. And, oh, yeah. So gave me a big old burn and 45 off my big toe. And, yeah, uh, ended up being intensive care a couple of days after that because I – I didn't know it. It laid on my leg for so long. The neighbors had to, they finally seen all the smoke from the tires still spinning. They come walking over and see what was going on. The bike was, had me pinned against the wall. And <laughs> so I had this big old, big old burn on my calf. And, you know, I, Neosporin fixes everything. I just covered it up with Neosporin and went on about my business until that infection like hell, man. So, yeah. That was so, a leg problem. Casual. You say it very casually, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, so, we how did the back take the news? Uh, well, I was in the hospital when he come pick the bike up, so I didn't really have to. Hey, man, you, you, there it is. It's good. Go ride it. <laughs> 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 I gotta go. Oh, I crashed another one. Uh, a guy, uh, Mr. Campbell. He was a heart surgeon from Jeff City, and I crashed his uh, road racer. I got done at like six in the morning and I, I always, I never, I never put a helmet on. That day I put a helmet on, I had helmet, shorts, t-shirt. I went up the street and I turned around and I put a quick shifter on it. I turned around in the funeral home parking lot. You know, I came back and I tapped out just one thing wide open. Right before I got to shop, I clipped the back of a car and endowed that thing into a culvert. And that put me in the hospital for a while. I called him. I was like, I don't think you're going to make BRR. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, test rides are a bitch for me. I've, I've had more broken bones you, on test rides. You, you got to get a test so, ride guy, man. Man, I'm telling you, I need it. It's terrible. We flip micros in the parking lot test driving them. Come hauling ass back in there. And, 
Yeah. I'll try to figure out how to tell my dad about that one. So. Well, you're 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 known as a guy that people don't want to mess with. Um, you know, like I was telling everybody before you came on, like if you're in a bar fight, go find Trav. Like Trav's got you. Um, anybody in? I don't even know. This is a stupid question, but is there anybody rider or mechanic who would even be? somewhat of a worthy opponent for you um yeah. i know i i'm a i'm a big wrestling fan man i i love college wrestling olympic wrestling and i know you you were like a, th- a multiple time state champ wrestler yeah so i just anybody you've come across in the pad well the pits whatever you want to call it that would kind of like give you a run or no i don't yeah everybody i mean yeah hell usually <laughs> it's the, the one guy gets knocked out by the little guy you know but I only thought of one, and I don't even know, but Ken Yoder is a pretty brute guy. Dude, he is like, so much fun. <laughs> that guy's a blast. Yeah, he's built wait, like what a brute. Yeah, I, I miss seeing him. What about Freight Train? Uh, McGrain? I don't know. Yoder is like – Rob, do you know Ken Yoder? The yeah. He's from Pennsylvania? Yep. Like, Okay, yeah, that guy – his, I, I remember one night we were playing Mercy. Well, I wasn't playing. I was watching, but it was, uh, it was like Meese and Schnabel were playing Mercy and Schnabel, like it, it like led up. There was like some easier bouts, you know, and then Schnabel and Meese like played Mercy and Schnabel kicked his ass. Like, like I, I thought Schnabel broke Meese's wrist. It was bad. <laughs> so then Yoder like smiles. He's just sitting there and they're like, someone's like, Hey, Schnabs do, you know, do it with Yoder. And uh, Yoder stuck his hand out. It lasted half a second. He had Schnabel bent over backwards. Oh, yeah. Just laughing the whole time. I'm like, dude. We, oh, guy. Yeah, that's the, only, that's the only guy I could think of. We were at, um, oh. at Jared's victory party. or He had a party out here one time after he won number one plate. We And I was drunk, drunk. And we got me and him got to wrestling. And, dude, he hipped off the shit out of me. We're on some concrete floor. I'm like, oh, that hurt. <laughs> so... Oh, yeah. I just like to, I mean, hell, I just like to, we used to tangle around a lot when I was a kid, so hell, anybody, well, I'll box with anybody. Well, what would you get? But the deal is, is colonial rules, you can't be mad when you're done. You get done, it's like, hey, oh, we're done. Let's go back to drinking. Well, so if you're, all right, so moving off of this a little bit, but in the same same subject, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to not laugh so much. I'm just, I'm pitching it. <laughs> picturing all this stuff but who's um if you had to pick a aft actual fight night who which two riders would you like to see throw down into the best fight i don't want to see like wiles beat up on some little kid or, or you know jared wrestle somebody that can't wrestle but like give me two guys that you beg like, man i'd like to see those two scrap it out i don't know i think your guy don't i'd like to see him scrap with a couple people i think he looks kind of like a wiry fella um, oh no! See, I don't know. I think he would break in half really easily. I mean, he's tough. He's tough. Yeah. But man, he's just bony. So I don't. I mean, I don't want to hate on him too bad. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to. I mean, I, I kick his ass all the time. But I'd like yeah. to see like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some of them four fifty I mean, guys. I was waiting for. See, like Rob, I've seen you. I've been. I've seen you several times down at, at Snowball Derby and stuff. And I'm like, see, four fifty. AFT racing needs to have a little bit more boxing involved. Somebody comes in to get oh, mad, sure. and you still pop them one. And then yep. you kind of get that respect thing going on. So, like, well, we saw that with Cool Bath. Yeah. See? 
Whatever. Cool's old school. I was so proud of him. Got about teared up. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I wonder, are they are they cool now? Did they like? Did Kenny get out of his system, or I wonder if there's still some bad blood there. Maybe we could set that up. But that'd be a team owner slash development writer scrap. So it kind of crossed over. Well, that's the deal. When you do it, you just do it because you're mad. Cause, you know, you're all pumped up and racing and everything. Somebody takes you out and you come back. And I seen Sam Sweet one time at Volusia County fixing it. He was going to tear his knot in somebody's tail when he got knocked off. I think it was Sammy Halbert. Sam Sweet was mad. That being the dude I wouldn't no, want to tangle with. Yeah. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know. What else? The, the previous winner started on, remember uh, the Dalton and Jones? That could have been uh, yep. if Jones bear hugged him. If Jones bear hugged him, it would have been game over. Dalton had to be really quick. Yeah. yeah. I love seeing that shit. I think it's good, man. I love I, it. I mean, yeah, I think it, the intensity is good. It, it's good for the sport. I mean, look how much AFT promoted the uh, – I mean, they acted pissed off when the Cool Beth and Johnny thing happened, but then they promoted the hell out, hell out of it for a couple weeks. So That's how NASCAR I mean, got so popular. They, they promoted the fight between all uh, all those dudes, you Kale Yarbrough and them guys at the end of the 500. I mean, yeah, yep. it's not supposed to be, but they promote it because it's kind of it, – it's like WWE. People want to see it. Something well, happens, even, they even just want to see it. Well, even when they show the replays of just something as simple as throwing a helmet at somebody's car, they'll replay that over and over. Next thing you know, ESPN's showing on Sports Center between a baseball game. So you right. can't tell me it's not good for the sport. Right. Plus, it's good to get it out. I, mean, I think. Get it out. Maybe I'm going to throw a I helmet think the at Corey. UFC stuff, man. I think. Uh, I think the UFC stuff, man, I really think some of that is staged. Like when they fight at press conferences and shit. Oh, yeah. I, I think Dana White yeah. actually. Yeah. I think he's like, hey, man, like McGregor, like throw a water bottle at them or something. Because then it like makes people more hype for the fight. It's like, oh, these two dudes hate each other. So I thought about like, I don't know, like going up to Halbert or something and just like, hey, man, like let's pretend like we should like, you know, shove me or I don't know, something like something get get people fired up because it yeah it creates creates like some shit well, we, to, we used to watch we used to do them indoor races on them four-wheelers and stuff and they would sell us we no one told us this was kind of a stage deal so we went to the very first race the nutter center in dayton and i unloaded i think it's a race so i go out there and plow everybody and, and win my heat race and they're like dude that was all wrong it was supposed to be the guy on the harley and the guy on the jap you know, on this honda they were going to do this big fist fight thing so I got to be the guy that was going to be the villain at the end of the deal. And, uh, oh, man, we set that thing up so big, the guy would run over and try to tackle me and stuff, and I'd try to run over him with the four-wheeler and shit. It was great. People loved it. I mean, I didn't believe in people. Me and Ed Beck, I did some stuff with Ed Beckley, same thing. People loved it. It's like WWE on four-wheelers. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I ain't mad. I think it's interesting. What are your, I got uh, a deal. What are your predictions? Go ahead. I got a deal for your winter throwdown. Ed used to put on a, a gladiator race, and he had he had like ten old three fifty Hondas, and you could have woofer ball bats with duct tape on them and stuff like that. And it was like it was like roller derby. He's like two jammers would have to go on dirt bikes and have to try to go through these guys, and like he get robbed and maybe be whooped some people in the head. Great entertainment. Holy shit, Rob! Dial it up, man. That would be you know Rob. You can get all the find all the bikes. 
That'd be the riders when they get out. See, I think it'd be better. And I've always wanted to do this. And and Corey, you can steal my idea if you want to, but at least it'll be recorded. But I always wanted to do two things. I wanted to do 50cc jousting because I already made the the tools and everything. Long (laughs) extended paint paint rollers. You can get them where you can extend the 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 arms, and then you duct tape uh, a a tennis ball, and then you put a boxing glove around the tennis ball. But you ride at each other. We've done it. What? We've done it. Okay. Me and Jake Johnson, we did it. We won. We, we've jousted with uh, wiffle ball bats. Okay. So <laughs> next one is. Uh, I I I lost. <laughs> <laughs> did it hurt? <laughs> yeah, it hurts, dude. So the next one oh, yeah. is you get three dudes last man standing, but you get three more dudes with paintball guns, and you got to be on a fifty, and whoever stays on the fifty. I think that would oh, be just getting blasted. Yeah, that'd be so much fun, like lighting people up with a paintball gun while they try to ride. Travis wouldn't even feel the paintball hitting. No yeah, way. So once you get over, like, certain, once you doing... once you get to a certain obesity level, it doesn't really that pain really kind of goes away. So well, then we can just put the paintballs <laughs> in the freezer first. There you go. I was at Cool Best House one time, and he was doing some dumb thing. They called it uh, wall ball. And they're all standing. They didn't have shirts on. They're throwing these racquetballs at each other, trying to draw blood. I'm yep. like, "What in the hell are you retards doing?" Like, Lord, hell. yeah, Kenny would do that. Kenny's pretty scrappy, dude. That guy is. When he gets drinking, man, he's strong. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't look like he'd be real strong, but he is freaking strong. Like that guy's got some. He's fucking wild. I remember. He's, yeah, he's scared. Cool Beth, back in the day, we went to one of the best races I've ever seen in my life was Kenny Cool Beth and Tommy Hayden at Henry Half Mile. Back when they were both like 13 or something on 500 road taxes. Dude, you can ask Cool Beth right now. He's still mad because he lost that race. It was awesome. So I used to love watching Cool Beth back in the day when he was the old green 32. That was a good time. Uh huh. Yeah. Back- yeah. Yeah, he was. That guy was. He was he's fast. He's still a legend. Yeah, back at Amateur yeah. Nationals back in when it was when you had Cool Beth and um, uh, Paulie Lynch and and uh, Bigelow's and all those guys and Schnabels had them pink and green motorcycles and stuff. And they did Peoria TT, Peoria Short Track, and Henry Half Mile. That was a cool Amateur Nationals. There was Hayden Grohl. Yeah, there. those were some. There were some stacked stacked amateur races back then. Like I think Bigelow and Schnabel, I think I think they have two of the most ever championships of all time at the amateur level. Like that was really, really stacked, man. Those were good times. I uh kind of I'm kind of curious, man. Uh a couple more questions here. I'll let you go. I got I asked um Jake Johnson. I was like, man, what can I ask Trav on the show? And all he said was, and you can elaborate because I don't even know what this means. He said, Kenny Tolbert, Murray Lawnmower. <laughs> Uncle Ken, man, that guy can fix anything. He's probably one of the better, best, you know, tuners of all times and stuff. And uh, that guy can do anything with a motorcycle. He cannot fix a lawnmower to save his ass. So I went out to his house. We were out working out there one day, and he, his lawnmower, his Murray Lawnmower broke down. So the next thing you know, he's got the hood off of it. He's tearing it all apart. And it sounds like the time he's off, it just just wouldn't quite fire. So he goes, take me up the end of the driveway. If you've ever been to Kenny's, you've got a big asphalt driveway. You're heading down, you know, going down the hill. And he's like, we 
pulled it up to the end of the driveway and I'm sitting in a pickup truck. Willie's watching. We had a, I hooked up to him with a tie down. I'm laughing hysterically. I knew what was going to happen. So I put the truck in gear and I floored it and we're running about 40 down his driveway and he yanks it into gear thinking he's going to bump start this thing. Next thing you know, he damn near high side. He's back flipping back and forth, almost high side of this Murray lawnmower. It was the funniest shit you've ever seen in your life. I said, Uncle Ken, you're horrible with a mower. He can't fix a mower to save his ass. <laughs> he, uh, now, last time I was out there, he bought a lawnmower. He was mowing his grass, and the seat rusted off of it, and he fell off backwards, and the mower kept going. So, he, <laughs> Dude, he's not if, much if we on lawnmowers. We just need to attach a GoPro to your life, man. Like all these stories you're saying, if we could just have video footage of part of it, it, it oh, would yeah. be the you need like a channel, man. That'd be amazing. I'm gonna the, the, I'm gonna the dino crash. I can't oh, stop really? thinking of the dino crash. <laughs> oh, yeah. Think about my head being pinned against the wall, the bike laying on my right leg, and my big the disc is sitting there spinning on my big toe and forty five off my big toe. <laughs> and just the pipe just laying on my leg just sizzling and you can't get it off you're stuck you're like this sucks <laughs> i went god that, that wasn't so good <laughs> i got a picture i can't of even imagine uh, at the motorcycle shop they used to have a picture of my leg and the burn starts at the bottom of my knee and goes all the way to my ankle so yeah it was uh pretty big they took me took me to the hospital and they walked in they said uh dave actually took me to the hospital and we walked in, and they said, oh, you need to go. We can't do nothing with you here. You got to go to the university, the burn unit. And uh, they were like, we'll get an ambulance. I said, I ain't got no insurance here. We just took the bag and stuck it in my pocket, the IV bag, stuck it in my pocket, jumped in Dave's service truck and drove to the hospital. I walked in, and the lady was like, uh, yeah, they were thinking they're going to take my leg off. I said, did you see me walk in here? You're high as hell. <laughs> walk my fat ass back out of here. I'm like, oh, no, it's all infected. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll cut that out. We're, we're good. Gotta leave my digit there. You got to, uh, for Corey's promo on this particular interview, you got to at least like find a picture, a couple pictures. Like, definitely, I'd love to see the banshee on the roof if you got something like that. <laughs> That's getting buffed, I, I, I wouldn't see that for my own personal. That was Same. classic, dude. We got up there and we, I mean, don't, don't think we, we were, we might have been a little overserved, but we, Got up there and drilled holes right through the roof. Put three eye bolts up there, strapped her down. Well, here we go. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll get there by God. So, yeah, that's what I told everybody. Else. I'm gonna write a book one day. You know, lifetime of bad decisions. So, with the, I will buy a copy on you right now. I'll take two copies. I want a signed copy. <laughs> the bad thing oh. is, like me and Willie, I can't. Tell some of the stories because everybody got married, so it's like, oh boy, can't tell that story. That's bad. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> I, I, I got a couple of them. I know for a fact. I'm like, uh, I'm not trying to get kicked off Corey's show the second time I'm invited on. So we'll, we'll save <laughs> we'll save that for your memoirs or your uh, your book. Oh, dude, I could like the Suzuki shop back when Jake was there, and it was like, like Jake, like when they busted the beer, they tried to bust the beer bottle off of. Uh, off of Mick's head. Mick had some red, white, and blue American, you know, Captain America helmet on. And JR, we, we ran a race, a little regional race there. JR drove his wife's car and he's like, uh, so Boone's going to bust a beer bottle off the top of Mick's head. 
And uh, he goes to hit it, and Jared goes, man, whatever you do, don't get away from the Honda. Get away from the Honda. So we walk all the way down there. Boone goes to hit him in the head with a bottle. It hits that helmet, bounces out of his head, flips over here, and land hits the fender and puts a big dent in Jared's wife's car. It's like, shit. We heard this story when we had Schnabel on the show. <laughs> That's so good. He was like, oh, of man. all shit, dude, I mean, that thing flew 10 foot away. And I was like, sorry, JR. Because that was about the most opposite. You had Jimmy Wood. And that's what's the best thing. I love Jimmy Wood. He's, he's a suspension guy now. And everybody's like, oh, that's Jimmy Wood. That's Jimmy Wood. I remember when that guy was a booger-eating moron hanging out in my garage. And <laughs> <laughs> he came up one day and he goes, uh, hey, man, Travis, you wouldn't have to have a 700-pound spring. Yeah, on the front of the truck. I was like, what do you need a 700-pound spring for? Oh, this thing just doesn't work, so I'll put a big spring on so it just stops it so it don't move. Oh. And then I came back to race, and everybody goes, oh, Jimmy Wood, he's a suspension expert. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, you got a 700-pounder by 10? So that's how Jerry works so well. He's got a 700-pound on the back. Oh, yeah, just lock it up, man. The fastest bike's a strut. It's a good deal. That's right. Well, at least you know what's going to happen. You just adjust your suspension with your tire pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jimmy was so Jimmy so, was so funny. He got left. He got left, and he he felt like he got left out. So like there was a room in the shop where everybody worked, and then there was a big big part of the shop. And we said, "Jimmy, you're out in the big part of the shop." He's like, oh, "I want to be in there with you guys." So he put his mo- He literally put his motorcycle in the doorway and started taking the motor out. And he he all of a sudden he pulls the radiator, not like no drain pin or nothing. So all this coolant's on the floor under his motorcycle. So he takes all, all these brand new red rags and makes like a moat, like a border around this puddle. And he goes, uh, Tab Daddy, I, I, I think I'm I said, dude, I can't even get out of the room. What the hell are you doing? Oh, I, I, I. And he goes, well, I, I just got to drain the oil and then I can take the motor out. And I said, well, hell, you might as well drain it on the floor. Hell, you made a big enough mess as it is. I turned around. I thought <laughs> I was being a smart ass. I looked over Jimmy draining oil on the floor. You moron. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, we could we could we could probably go for like two days, but we do have to move a little bit along. But it's kind of a question we ask everybody. But I need to know, and Corey needs to know, and the world needs to know, who do you have in your top three? Let's start with singles. Who's your who's your top three picks this year? Travis Smith is putting up his ungodly paycheck amount on the line at Vegas. Who's your top three? I like Cody Cox. I like Cody Cop, Dallas Daniels, um, hmm, Mikey Rush. I really like Man, Cody Cop. I think he's. I put. I put big money in Cody Cop's gonna win something. Maybe not. I like that kid. He's gonna. I like. He's gonna be a good good racer. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I've I've I made a I've made a bet already with somebody that I think he will win a race this year. Yeah, he. He just got that deal. It's like he he's like he's having so much fun. We were I was with him at Springfield, and he just comes off and he's just giggling and laughing. I mean, he don't even know if the shock's even on the damn thing. He don't care. I'll go around on the outside. I mean, he just literally just has fun riding a motorcycle. So yeah. that's that's pretty important. I mean, as you know, you know, yeah, you gotta be smiling pretty, a little bit. The production class is gonna be, I think, gonna be the best class. I mean, it's. I mean, hell, every, I heard Carver might be in the production class. Um, that's going to be, there's a lot of, I don't know what they got, but who's going to be in that twins class other than Jared and Breyer going to race each other? Uh, 44. 
Robinson. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I wish they just combine them all and let everybody race like it used to be. Because I talked Hell to Joe. yeah, road tax framers. <laughs> yeah, well, I talked to Joe Roder the other day because I went and dropped a couple Harleys off at Joe Roder's that belonged to Dick Ford. And I said, uh, Joe goes, man, I'd like to do uh, Lima this year just to see how I qualify against all those guys. He goes, I probably can't do the laps, but <laughs> it'd be cool just to go see what it, you know how I go on them. And, um, but they, you know, you can't get a one day license. So you can't, huh? I thought they had no, wild cards. Well, but you have to buy into all that stuff. I mean, you cost quite a bit of money just to buy them for a wild card. You know, man, just- I would, I would donate to that to see. I mean, Corey, you're, you're a pretty good statistician. I've never, I mean, I don't know if he would race against you, but well, I guess theoretically, if he was on an XR at Lima, like I, I think. Depending on the lap, I think he'd definitely qualify top 10. Now, I probably agree he probably couldn't yeah, go the well, whole distance. No, he couldn't. Well, he would definitely. I mean, there, there's only 12 riders. And honestly, <laughs> in the um, in Super Twins, uh, uh, I, I'm guessing he would ride an XR. I yeah. mean, that would be one of the tracks where I think that would that bike would be most competitive. And if it's fucking George Roeder, that guy sends it. So I think <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did one lap – fourth through seventh i think he could qualify top seven i really do no oh, yeah. um uh, it'd be i mean it'd yeah, be just it, fun it'd it, be fun to go do it and um you know like it'd like, bring the fans out oh dude, dude a yeah. whole everybody in ohio would show up like everybody <laughs> like well, dick, dick said well get the yamahas out and take him on the yamahas and i said dude i don't think it's actually i don't think it's legal for even joe Roder to even ride a jet bike I don't think his he no no that's that's not American at all and I don't think he would hate he yeah. would hate a Yamaha I think yeah. he would not like it no he, yeah he, he might be last on the Yamaha but we need to we need to look into that for him on his behalf because I really do think that man think of the story Dude, Rob you got Michael Locke's number call him tonight when you get off the phone <laughs> that would be awesome I mean I'd love to go take him back to you know go do that with him because I think that'd be a fun that'd be a fun weekend. Cause he gets- no, I, I, I do have a, a Michael Locke story. I've been wearing him out about, so I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, I, I mean, I love Joe Roder. God, I'd be the first one in line to shake his hand, but I, I got to save my Michael Locke stuff for what really is important. But I'm, I work on him like two times a week on my crazy idea. Uh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so, he probably hates well, I, I got one fun. more, uh, we got one more segment we do, Trav. It's called the higher low line, kind of this or that. Uh, pick one and a brief explanation. I have four of them. So, um, if you're partying with one of these guys, who provides the bigger hangover the next day, Bonzi or Eslick? Eslick. Oh, that was an easy one. Oh God, Lord! Uh, yeah. You just, just all you got to say is chili bowl. Yeah, my chili bowl hangover lasted almost a month. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> I got a. I bought, Rob, I, bought, Rob, you... my, I bought my son a van. Went up there, Danny. We went to the Chili Bowl. Next thing you know, we had to put four new tires on it, and it was a brand new Honda Honda van. I gave it to him. He we drove it up there and wrecked it, knocked the front end out of it, had to put tires on it. That's all, Andy. That was all, Danny. <laughs> no, see, see, I'm in a fighting mood tonight, Travis. I, I'm in a big. Ever since we've been talking about all this fighting stuff, I'm amped. So. 
Let's Who do go. you have a full-on scrap, Danny or AJ? Oh, Danny. Really? AJ's a lover. Okay. Oh, yeah. See, I, I've, see, I just have this – I've got this vision of him, like, getting pissed off at Danny, and he throws on his freeze Harley-Davidson leathers and just whoops Danny's ass. No, man. Them two are, like, crazy when they get into it. It's awesome. I mean, it's worth, like – I mean, you talk about – UFC type shit. That's them two right there back in the day, like chasing each other around with shit. Mm-hmm. Back in the house on the cul- cul-de-sac. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got a, I got a call one time from Suzuki, and they say, "Hey, don't don't say nothing. Just run to Tulsa real quick and see if you if uh, Danny don't have an R or a GSXR six hundred in his garage." I was like, "All right." I drove down there, and sure enough, there was this 600, and it was all the bodywork was stripped off of it, and it had so much mud packed that you couldn't even push it. And I said, "What did you guys do?" Ah, cowboy didn't have a trail bike or something, so he took all the bodywork off that that jigster. And he trail rode the jigster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. It was a ma- it was a magazine bike. Then he went for a magazine test, and uh, when he left, they had ten bikes. When he left, they only had nine. <laughs> I bet he put it in the back of the old oh, F three fifty, didn't he? Oh yeah. 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 yeah I think he probably had to lay it down. I think well, he retired Danny, that thing. Danny Man. Walker said he's the only guy to ever break a frame on a XR one hundred, so Who, Danny? it's a pretty Netflix? hard test too. Yeah, like the only guy to ever break a frame on a XR100. Ask Danny Walker about the time I high sided an X, a brand new XR80. He's still mad at me about that. He said it, it, <laughs> I was, bet, it, it They were brand new. We were we were in Colorado at his at his place. We were unloading them out and taking them out of the crate, and uh, we were out there hot lapping around. And uh, I high sided this shit out of this thing. And uh, after that, they'll never keep the chain on it. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! You an XR80. It. <laughs> yeah, he was mad at that. That's funny. Well, we we usually ask. We used to we used to talk about this a lot on our earlier shows. And you're a wrestling guy, so I gotta ask, man, if you're picking one of the two to win a wrestling match, like full on, just legit, you know, scoring rules, etc. You pick in Wiles or you pick in Meese? Man, me and Jared talked about this a lot. I think it would be it would be interesting. Jared's got some. Jared's pretty pretty salty, but Henry's I think got the side on him. Um, I think Henry would it would be close, but I think uh, Henry would come out at the end. So, oh. so does does so, Henry have an actual wrestling background, or is he like a fighting background? No, no, Henry he's and Jared is example. Okay, yeah, I never knew that. Yeah. I just knew that he's always Schnabel like, was the one that we picked with Jared. Yeah. Oh, I believe that. Was, I believe. Yeah, he was a. He was a good wrestler. There was a bunch of them good wrestlers. Schnabel um, probably kicked both yeah. their asses at the same time. <laughs> Schnabel's so funny though, because when he, it's hard to see Jr. get mad because he's got that goofy little laugh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So that's got to be one of the toughest people I've ever met in my life. Is Jr. Schnabel. That guy's. I mean, damn, that guy's uh, tough. I watched him get frost bit, yeah. burn all up, and shit. I looked at him. I said, he rode that bike for like three hours on the ice and. Come back in and said, dude, you seriously want to do this? Yeah. I thought you want to be in the state. You're buying a motorcycle? And it burned on his neck, his wrist, and shit. Golly. 
had to stand on my feet for three yeah. hours. Yeah. I remember the first time I lined up to him next to him at like Lima. I'm like, well, I'm fucked. <laughs> it's like, look next to me, JR Schnabel, just ready to just lay it down on an XR 750. I'm like a 90 pound, 16 year old kid. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm pr- pretty nervous right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Dude, you um, just seen, I got what? <laughs> just seen him on that thousand, that Suzuki thousand at Dayton when he won that charity newsy that night. That was impressive. Oh, he went around Joe Roder, and I went, holy cow. He, getting into one, I'm like, oh, God, he's going to die. He's going to die. All you can hear is that thing on the limiter. Dong, 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 dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I got one more for you, man, and we'll let you roll. Uh, we'll get you – I want to get you on again. This one was – this was awesome. Um, in your opinion, who's the top flat track mechanic of all time? Is it Tolbert or Werner? I well, you know, I'm biased as hell. I was gonna say Kenny. Yeah, but yeah. Kenny, but yeah. Kenny, uh, um, Warner's super smart. I mean, he's badass. But like, he had the Harley factory engineers. He had all of the shit. He had the inside to everything. Kenny's got a shed out in Rome, Texas. I mean, <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, he re- he was a factory guy. Went and went against the factory teams and stuff. Out of his out of his garage when he hit when he just did out of his two car garage, and you know you're coming yeah. them guys that got like oh what happened here well, we can recast this we can do anything we want Uncle Ken's over there sitting there going oh, we'll just weld the top of that bitch yeah that's good enough so yeah he, <laughs> he, he just cool because man there's there was like nothing dude he never left nothing like nothing. Like the studs, I mean, like the cylinder studs was something he had to mess with. I mean, there was nothing. He messed with everything, and that was I. I learned a lot from that guy. I had a lot of fun. Um, I remember one night I'd go work at his place at night, and then go work at a training shop during the day back when Joe Cop was riding for him. So, yeah, it's it's that's, that guy's amazing. That's probably why he's got so many championships to his name. <laughs> well. When Meads won the, the coin mile, and he remember he got the they they or he didn't even win it. I think he got sick, and they protested his tire. Bondi, oh, we boy. went out there. And I said, uh, "Dude, you have to go." Bondi drove up to Ducoin by himself, and me and Kenny stayed there and dynoed them bike that last that bike with the cylinder head turned around backwards. We sat and dynoed that thing. I'm like, "Dude, we have to leave now. We're not going to make it." We literally. Took it right off the dyno, threw it in the back of the truck, and blazed the trail. I drove all night to Ducoin. Kenny slept. So he'd been up for like three days by himself. And I'm like, who does that? That was badass, I thought. I mean, that's – you don't see many people do that kind of stuff. So, no, I yeah, actually – that, that bike is uh, – I believe it Tim Estenson's – or was when I was there. And uh, it's so cool to look at it, too, because you're like, man, what's going on here? And, like, the more shit you look at – the more you realize just how much work it took to make that work and yeah. to try something new. Cause it's been so long since anybody actually tried something that far outside the box. Cause you know, there's only a handful well, of they people. Had to try and beat that Cali. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yep. And yeah, I mean, that was a big undertaking, but it was, it was just funny. Cause I mean, like we were, we were sitting there and it was like, I pulled Stevie, Stevie had to drive up by himself. And it was like, he go, he took off and it was like, uh, he called me. He's like, I'm in Ducoin. I said, yeah, we haven't quite left yet. We'll be out here just a minute. 
<laughs> we left 13 hours later. I'm like, well, Ken, we got to go, dude. We have to go. He, Kenny's favorite thing is, you know, like they did the deal where it said, uh, Mert Lawwell, what time's the, what time's the pit gate? He gets there. Gates open at eight. He gets there at eight. Yeah. Kenny's deal was the gates open at eight. We get there about 1030. So, I always yeah. ask when does practice start? I don't care when the gates open. Just tell me when practice starts. <laughs> I've poor old Nick McFadden when I was working for him. Um, I actually left him in, T- in Talladega one time at Talladega GP track. Uh, his mom called me or his dad called me and said, Hey, uh, Nick's in Talladega. How, uh, how long can you get there? I was like, I haven't left Missouri yet. So, uh, yeah, he goes. Are you shitting me? Have you left my thirteen-year-old kid there? Yeah, I got it. I got it. It'll be all right. And I go. It's uh, what time does practice start? He's like, I go. They never started one without me. We'll be there in a minute. So <laughs> we'll be there in a minute. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. We had a lot of people asking for you, and it's it was fun to chat. I hopefully see you somewhere this season. Yeah. Like you said, you, you never know. But yeah. Appreciate you coming on and, and talking. We could we could definitely do this again for sure. Oh yeah, I got some stories. How many of you want? So <laughs> we'll have to do a uh, we'll have to do a R rated version where you have to like put your your name and your uh, your birth date in, and then they can get the, the uncensored. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I can tell some band stories on that one. Woo. So I love that Willie McCoy. <laughs> so right on, man, y'all. Thanks for oh. having me. So hope to uh, c- catch you somewhere this season. All right, man. I'll talk to y'all later. See you, All right, take Thanks, care, buddy. buddy. I'll see you, Rob. Bye. All right, Corey, I'm hanging up, right? Travis? Travis Smith, man, that was epic. Holy shit, that was so good. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, that was, that was good, Rob. Thanks for, for coming on and co-hosting with that with me dude he was that was everything i expected to be in more oh yeah for sure well i was a little worried because you never you never know what's gonna come out of travis's mouth because he doesn't have too much of a filter but uh uh it, I, I knew when you told me you're gonna have him on i'm like oh yeah this is gonna be gold yeah 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 i appreciate yeah, it totally. man. and yeah thanks for uh coming on dude i'll uh we'll, we'll catch you in the next one sounds good bro thanks for having me man y'all everybody be safe all right all right all right, that was epic. Great interview with Travis Smith. Rob McClendon came in and helped me out as my co-host. Those two, man, we a couple of drinks. We we could talk for hours. Epic, epic shit. And speaking of epic stuff, we're gonna keep the trend going. The overrated, underrated part two. Jalen Norris is on the line. What's going on? Uh, nothing. Just hanging out in the snow. Yeah, it sucks, man. It's every that's, that's it. what Travis Travis Smith just hit <laughs> us up. He's in Texas right now, and he was saying it's snowing there. I feel like it's snowing everywhere in the world, but where I'm at, it's like 75 degrees. It's crazy. Aren't you so lucky? Yeah, I, I guess I am. I guess I am. I I was thinking about that today. Mm-hmm. I was walking around my. I, I just got done washing my bicycle. I was like not wearing shoes. I was not wearing a shirt. I'm like, man, this is freaking awesome. Like. Just weather is such a yeah. I shoveled snow. It's hard. Yeah, it sucks. I shoveled snow that was up to my waist today, so that's about where we're at. Yeah, I don't miss that shit at all. It's like 
I go home after uh-huh. and I'm in Florida. I'm like, why do I live somewhere where the weather hurts my face? Like, it's just awful. I wonder that every day. <laughs> well, let's get into the next overrated, underrated. Um, I think some people sent sent you some, so I'm I'm uh, some did anxious to fire it up. Let's do it. Mo- most of this one is brought to you by Ben Lau himself. Uh, he gave me a big list this morning. Ooh, okay. Let's send it. Mm-hmm. I guess you ready? Oh, yeah. All right. First one is winning the Horizon Award. Oh, man. Uh, at the time that you win it, it's properly rated because as an amateur, that is like everything you shoot for. I mean, that's, I never won it. Um, Bonzi won it the year I was up for it. I think I was somewhat in the mix, but definitely Bonzi deserved it. So I, I think it's properly rated as an amateur, but as in terms of like where it's going to take you as a professional, I actually think it's overrated. I don't think people are getting singles rides, getting sponsors because you won the horizon award. I think it's more of just a cool personal goal, just something to put on the shelf but you're not going to get a factory deal or a big sponsor because you won that award. Actually, it seems like the kids who finish runner up um, that tend to have the better careers. Uh, well, I guess Briar Bound. Yeah, I've noticed that actually. Briar won the Horizon. Yeah, true. I'm trying to think. Meese won the Horizon. Brian Smith. Um, okay, I don't know. I guess <laughs> that's a tough one. But yeah, I, I would say properly rated as an amateur and then overrated in terms of where it takes you as your career goes. Not bad. Um, next one is TikTok. <laughs> Fucking overrated. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. How much do you post on TikTok? Come on. I'm trying to just get that viral video. I seen a video of like, <laughs> what the fuck? It's, I think it was Johnny Buva, amateur kid. He was changing his clutch in his bike and he got like, 150,000 views of him change it's like a tutorial on how to change his clutch and i like put i like take 10 minutes to like edit this rad video and like three people see it and i'm just not sold on it actually the guy that sold me on this segment gary v he he's the one that convinced me to get a tiktok he swears on tiktok i think it's horseshit i hate it overrated I think it's a cool platform. Like you learn some cool stuff on it, but I've had like eight videos taken off because they're quote unquote dangerous. But then you have chicks that are just dancing, all the racers dancing naked, like basically naked, and their videos are ah that's okay. But Corey riding in the parking lot with a helmet on and gear, it's dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah, not a fan. Mm -hmm. Overrated. Number three is Lima. Um, I hate to pump up Jared because he's a promoter, but it's probably underrated. Lima is, it's probably the most purest form of flat track, a cushion half mile that, that, that you can have. In Ohio, cushion half mile, the history behind Lima, I would say it's underrated. It's one of the top three that you need to go to every year. That's my favorite one to watch every year. I've, I like it. I figured you're partial to that because your baby brother won there. So that's yeah, no doubt. He did. He did. <laughs> um, Harry Potter. Underrated. 
easily underrated. Me and Ryan Wells, we send Harry Potter <laughs> memes like every day. It's basically how we communicate. So um, I'm a big Potter fan. So is Briar, Shayna, um, everybody, really. I mean, who isn't a Harry Potter fan? Like the people that just don't even, true, if, true. If, you, if you've seen it, you're a fan. If you haven't, then you're just wrong. Have you been to the Harry Potter world yet and made a wand and all that fun stuff? I never made a wand. Um, but I, of course I've been to, <laughs> I've been to Harry Potter at Universal. That's, that's my shit right there. Yeah. It's Harry Potter underrated. If you haven't, you haven't read the book. Actually the books are better than the movies. The movies are cool, but uh, I like to read. Books oh, are always better than the movies. I agree. I'm a reader. So I, uh, yeah, underrated all the way around the board. Uh, number five is twins on a TT. Uh, underrated. I like it. I really do. I think it's cool. I think it's like old. It brings back a little bit of retro flat track. You know, the fans are always, you know, talking about how great and awesome things were 30 years ago. So I think it just gives them something to, uh, get out of bed for. And personally, I, I like it. I like TTing a twin. I'm more confident in my TTing ability on a twin than I am on a 450. So I would say it's underrated. This one's from Ben too, not me. It's One Tree Hill. I think it's over overrated <laughs> more than anything I've heard of because I don't even know what it is. I know you guys are obsessed with it. I guess it's a movie or a TV show, but I don't. I don't. I honestly know nothing about it. Not one thing. If if I if you had to tell me, well, it takes place in Wilmington, I guess, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's the one thing I know. But if, if, if you uh, for, for a million dollars, if I had to name like an actor actress or anything that happens in that show, I, I would not be a millionaire because I have no, no idea. <laughs> Overrated. Okay. Uh, Framer four fifties. <sighs> kind of have like a love hate right now with frame my framer four fifty. Um, <laughs> it's ah, really, really fun to ride. Sometimes just not ideal to race um the dtx bikes have gotten so good over the past decade it's just um the framers are cool to look at they're nostalgic they're they're it's dirt track you know but i just think they're i think they're overrated a little bit um i think nine out of ten racetracks right now you go to you can make a dtx bike work better than a framer all right let's see starbucks overrated definitely overrated Agreed. i hope my wife is listening because she loves starbucks and <laughs> i just think it's just shitty corporate coffee actually the coffee is horrendous um they do a decent job but they're like I think, yeah i think it always tastes wait it always tastes burnt to me the coffee or just in general all their stuff in general all of it it just tastes burnt like it tastes like something i don't know it's not good yeah yeah i just it's just overpriced. They do, like I was going to say, they do a decent job with their like iced coffees sometimes or like iced lattes or whatever they are. But in general, like I just would rather, I, I go on Yelp. Like I live by Yelp when we're traveling and I'd rather seek out like mm -hmm. a local coffee shop or a cafe. All right. That's my favorite thing to do. Yelp. It's the best thing to do when you're traveling. Just anything, just searching out like the cool, like local little spots that are sweet and fun. Are you a Yelper? I did sometimes I kind of, I'm more just like stop places and ask like 
the local people that are working places and they know like the cool spots to go. Oh, I'm a big Yelp guy. And if you like piss me off, I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to hit them <laughs> with a bad Yelp review. Like that's, that's my go-to. Uh, I, 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 sometimes I'll even have the app out on my phone as I'm ordering to like show the waiter or waitress, like you better fucking do your job or you're getting yelped. <laughs> I just let it. I just, you were the nicest person. I just let it sit out. Just, just, you know, give them some motivation. Like just warn them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just to give them a, a right. little taste of, uh, you know, what, what I'm about to, uh, about to s- send their way with, uh, with a bad service, but nah, in general. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Starbucks is actually, I'm going to say it's highly overrated. I agree. And then we have Ben Lau, since this whole list is from him. We got to, he said he should be on the show today, but I told him it's my job, not his. I love it. <laughs> I love Ben Lau. Me too. Yeah, he's a good guy. See, overrated or underrated? What is he? Oh, Ben Lau. That's the actual overrated, underrated. Yeah, he's on the list. Oh. Yeah. Uh Ben Lau, I'd say he's underrated, man. He really is. He's, I, I don't want to pump him he up really too is. much, but man, he's, he's a good rider. Like he, <laughs> he got third in the points as, as far as riding goes, he's definitely underrated. He needs, he needs to step up his social media and shit, his marketing. I mean, his girlfriend's oh, a, a photographer. Oh so, um, but yeah. Hey, he just got to the point of thanking her and like tagging her in her pictures. So, you know, he's making little steps there. Making headway. Yeah, Ben Lau, he's underrated. Not many people talk about him. Like when you like when the people um talk about who's gonna be good in like production or who's gonna do good at these races, um, a lot of people overlook Ben, but I certainly I certainly don't. Like he's one of the guys that I know is is uh he's a good rider, he's tough. So yeah, I would say he's underrated. Cool. I like that answer. The last one you got is the Goofy movie. Oh, so underrated. That's probably my favorite. <laughs> That's probably my favorite movie from the '90s, cartoon based. I mean, I, Ninja Turtles obviously are like that's my go-to. I'm a huge nin- Ninja Turtle. Any, anything '90s related. I mean, a lot of people don't even realize my hobby that I spend every day. Like I, I check every day eBay is old Nintendo games, um, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. I'm a huge nerd when it comes to like nineties vintage shit. Um, and the goofy movie is like just so, Oh man, it's just an awesome movie. It's, 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 if you haven't seen it, you, you just got to watch it. it. It shits on every cartoon that they come out with anymore these days. Um, it, it's pretty good. It's a good one. You got to learn the dance and the song and just, that's what you, that's what your viral TikTok would be right there. I guess I could probably try something because the, the really cool, you know, the sideways riding videos, like, you know, flat track l- looking cool, like racing. Those aren't cool enough. It's not cool enough it's for TikTok. Cool enough. I need to do a stupid f- mm. dance. You got to dance. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. I know. You go viral go viral on tiktok i'm ready to delete the whole app to be honest i i'm yeah been right. struggling with it it's it's not 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 something i'm good at at all i can't figure out tiktok so but hey, you, if you're listening yours pop up on my for you page all the time <laughs> well i mean if i could all the time i guess i could promote just say hey if any any flat track fans there have tiktok um look me up but probably none of our listeners they probably don't know what a tiktok is i actually was i used to spell it out tiktok like like a clock like 
instead of like what it actually is spelled like and everyone would give me shit that's not how you spell it like i don't care i love it uh, those were good those were good send send if you're listening send them Jalen's way send the send some overrated underrated questions thanks to ben lau for for that addition and something i definitely like doing it's it's fun for me to do i, I like to do it and i appreciate you coming on and helping me with it's it. fun yeah no problem i need to give you some more stuff to do i i don't feel like i give you enough stuff to- oh yeah you totally no not at all i i could do tons of things perfect perfect well thanks again Jalen. Okay. appreciate you coming on and help me out all right see you later peace all righty that wraps up another show that was a good one super good i like rob said i think we could dip into the travis smith stuff a little bit more we could probably we could probably have a bunch of these shows have like an r-rated version where you have to like subscribe or type in your password show your photo id to listen to um yeah there i I had so many stories from uh jason tire and and Boone that I didn't even get to share. Um, one was, uh, he was racing at Peoria short track on a four wheeler and the throttle was stuck wide open and he ran the entire main event, just using the kill button to slow down. And then at, at the checkered flag, he ripped the cord at the checkers. So, uh, it's one I wanted to ask him about. Yeah, there's so much shit. These guys are, it's a cool thing. Like with flat track, most of the fans listening, like they know that this side of the riders, um, you know, it's so we're so transparent with our, with our fans and, you know, most of the riders you go out after the race, you can party and have beers with the riders at the bar. So that's uh, really cool that you don't really get in a lot of sports is, uh, is that, you know, closeness with the people you watch do what you love. So um, yeah, epic show. Want to make sure we thank our sponsors again, Bell Power Sports. Check them out, bellhelmets.com, motoamerica.com. Check out their schedule, get tickets for their races this year. First event is Road Atlanta. Make sure you check that out. And if you can't attend the race, check out Moto America, the live plus package. The coverage is excellent. I talk about it a lot, but it's it's excellent coverage. So I uh, can't wait for that series to get going. JE Pistons, they lead the industry in the manufacture of quality forged pistons for the domestic, automotive, sport compact, power sports, and racing markets. Um, I've said it a bunch of times, but I mean, the results speak for themselves. These products are easy to market for me because they're, they're, they're amazing products and I use them. So it's definitely to market something that you believe in. And then big, big shout out, Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, nearly 40 years of experience keeping the sport going seriously a guy is like putting riders out there and, and just making it happen making it happen for the sport so if you get a chance find him on social media find him at the racetrack and just thank him for for keeping us going and uh as well as our podcast but that's a wrap if you guys can go on itunes leave us a review we are trying to stack up reviews we lost all of them as we're transitioning the show here so we appreciate any reviews you guys can throw our way. T-shirts, shopcorytexter.com. We have a few a few left, like not many, and we're not going to be reprinting them. Badass T-shirt. Uh, Pipeline Illustrations helped us with that. And subscribe, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Put a bow on it. Freddie Ty Ty. we out. Peace. <laughs>